G'day, it's Hayley Carr here, coming to you from my little riverside cottage in Australia. Welcome to the Super Freak Podcast. I run a boutique coaching agency from right here, my farmhouse, with clients all over the globe. And in this show, I'm welcoming you into my world, into my home, and sharing the powerful philosophies, mindsets, and insights that make super talented, super freaky people able to create crazy good results sustainably, on repeat, and almost effortlessly, so you can do it too. These riffs are inspired by conversations with the incredible people that I coach every single day, which I've been doing for over a decade, and from my own experience as a world champion martial artist. I love destroying big ideas until they're teeny tiny bits of genius that you can take with you, understand, remember, repeat, and use to create miraculous results with ease. You'll learn here about what I call yin-style leadership, keeping the spark and the polarity in your relationships, financial empowerment, slowing down to achieve more, and regenerative, sustainable success in any kind of high-pressure, high-achievement-focused circumstances. So hold on to your hats, folks, and listen out for your insight of the day. I'm going to show you how to become immune to fear, failure, and feeble thinking. And before you know it, you'll be chasing down with ease and enthusiasm what you may have thought was impossible just yesterday. Let's dive in to today's episode. G'day. Today, we're talking about a topic that I have affectionately titled, I suppose, controlled demolition. This topic, this theme, it comes up a lot with my private clients because oftentimes as highly sensitive leaders, empathic human beings, you can see things a long way out before perhaps your community or your family or your workplace can see them coming. And so when that happens, sometimes it feels like you got to raise the alarm and a lot of people today don't necessarily respond to things as a preventative measure. They don't necessarily respond to things as an upfront way of thinking about what could potentially go wrong down the track. It's That's more of a, like a byproduct of planning. That can be a reaction, I suppose, to things that are happening. It's not kind of the way that people typically, even if they want to, typically behave. Because often, you know, for real, we've got so much on our plates generally that thinking about what could go wrong can be pitched as like negative thinking. It could be seen as you're being pessimistic or too realistic. Um, But it can also be seen as kind of just a bit of a drag when you've got so much else to do. But this comes up so often, especially with my female empathic, highly sensitive leaders, breadwinners, uh, clients, right? So it's something I know well as well, um, being able to see something on the horizon or kind of catching it early and having a sense about it and knowing about it. But then there's also that doubt that comes in around if I say something right now and I'm incorrect, I'm going to look like a crazy bitch. I'm going to look like a psycho. I'm going to look like I'm being so negative and I'm bringing everything down. And there's definitely a deep seated fear underneath that behavior for so many people in if I say this now, or I've even tried to say it now, called it out, And of course, I'm not talking about call out culture. I'm talking about calling something that you see before it happens, right? I'm not talking about calling someone out. Although (laughs) that being said, 
Where this comes from is actually a personal experience that I've had in my life where I did have to call a person out, but it wasn't like on social media the way that we see it now. I hope you get what I'm saying because I'm not really particularly into that kind of situation. So what I'm talking about is when you see something happening, you get a great sense of it, you have a feel for it, and you can see that around you, nobody else gets it. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else is having the same experience as you. And it becomes quite frightening because you can see where it's about to go and you kind of need to get your point across, but that's not always a very easy thing to do. So what happens? What do we do in controlled demolition? So a lot of the time what ends up happening is people don't say anything. And for a very long time, I was that person. I'm going to tell you stories of my own experiences here because it's to keep the conversations with that I have with clients, obviously private, but these are the topics that come up in conversation with clients all the time. So I want to give you an insight into the types of conversations that I have with people without obviously talking about any other human being except myself or someone anonymously, right? So when I was young, I was always that person who was high energy. People expected me to be high energy, bouncing off the walls. And I set it up that way because I never showed up in any other way. So I had developed over time this belief that if I ever showed up in a non-bouncy energetic way, that I would be not loved or not appreciated, or I wouldn't be doing a good job being with my friends. It's kind of messed up really. Um, but it's what I did. And people started kind of expecting that from me that I would be that way every time they saw me. And I developed chronic fatigue syndrome. Now I believe that was for many reasons that that symptom, those symptoms came on. However, I do remember that I do remember being so aware that at at a specific time I could end up, uh, feeling really quite burnt out. And it was like, as soon as other people could see that I was burnt out, it was like, I gave myself finally permission to do the thing that I'd been hoping to do for a very, very long time. So when I could see that I had symptoms of burnout coming on, I didn't always say anything because I knew that it wouldn't be obvious to the outside world or I quote unquote knew, like I thought no one would get it. No one would be appreciative that I needed some rest. And so I would let myself get to the point of extreme burnout out where somebody else would tell me, you know, it's okay to rest or go take a rest. Um, And that's when I'd give myself permission to rest. It's a little bit sad that that's what a lot of us do, but that was definitely my experience. It doesn't have to be yours if that's what you're going through right now, but sometimes it can really feel so extreme that unless it's really, 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 really obvious to the rest of the world, it's not okay for you to say how you feel or what you think. Because unless everybody else agrees with you, do you see where I'm going with this? Unless everybody can see it and everyone's going to agree, it's not okay. And this is what I'm talking about in controlled demolition. What I'm talking about is calling it early, calling it early. Now, I'm going to tell you a very personal story of how this came about. And because a lot of the fears that come up for people when they call it early is they don't want to look like a bitch or they don't want to be seen as crazy. They don't want to be wrong, right? So if they call it early and they're wrong, well, not that you'll ever know if you call it early and people listen, but if you're wrong, then people will think, oh, well, maybe we can't trust her. Maybe her, maybe she's just paranoid. Maybe she's over the top. Maybe she's extra negative. And I know so many people have this fear that if they say something and they're not correct, they're going to pay for it later, or they might pay for it when they say it by being told you're being over the top, 
you're being silly. And I had a really extreme case of this, which helped me flip things on its head. And so I'm going to tell you this story and I want you to just take it as like a little antidote, like a metaphor for what happens at a less extreme level (laughs) when people are going through this in their families and in work and stuff. And I really hope that the insight that you will take is what I learned from this experience so that you don't have to go through something so extreme in order for you to have the same level of willingness to do controlled demolition. So years ago, I found myself in an abusive relationship and in that situation, I had tried to break up with that person um, a number of times and somehow wound up back in the relationship again. And I had realized at one point that we kept going around in circles and things weren't going to change. And I had to make the call to break up with this person, even though the rest of the people who knew us and knew this person were really into him. (laughs) Like they thought he was a legend. They thought he was great. Or at least I thought that that's what they thought because they never showed me what they really thought of this guy. And that, you know, hot tip, (laughs) not everybody actually thinks of the person that you love, what you think of the person that you love. (laughs) Ah, Okay. So I'm in this relationship. I break up with the guy and it turns really, really sour Um, really quickly. He got threatening. He called me a psychopath. He threatened my family. Like we ended up needing to go through a situation in court so he would stay away from me. Um, It got really dangerous and, and, and quite scary. I remember during that situation, you know, it was quite um, horrible to go through anyone who's been through having to get an, uh, what do you call it? A restraining order or whatever, AVO against somebody. It's really confronting. In in the Australian system, it's kind of messed up because you have to be in the same room with that person and let's not go down that path. But um, it's just a really, really tough situation. And I remember sitting in this room where they kind of keep people so that they don't have to sit in the waiting room with the person who has threatened them or whatever and talking to this really, really lovely woman who was there to keep us safe and, and make sure that we felt calm and to kind of reassure us that it was going to be okay and it was going to be over soon. Oh God, coming back to these memories, I just cannot believe that this was me, that this happened. And honestly, it's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do, because I think that, you know, I'm a martial artist or I was a martial artist for 15 years. I'm very confident, independent, very smart. And I wound up in a situation where I was completely blindsided by this person. And it was really scary. And I didn't, I didn't see it coming. And I thought to myself, you know, if that can happen to me, then I have a responsibility to make sure that wherever I can, it doesn't happen to other people. So this is my point of this whole podcast. I wasn't actually intending on telling this story, but here we are was that I got to a point where I realized that even though this person had called me a bitch and a psychopath and that I was crazy and what had happened was in that situation, he had told me that if I break up with him and if I walk away from him and leave him, I would be nothing and that everybody would know that I'm a psycho and they would think I was a total bitch because he had done nothing wrong and I was a user and I was this and I was that. And um, by the way, I've completely forgiven this person. I think that's part of the reason why I can share this story. I don't feel it in my body anymore, which is so nice. But yeah, I remember at that point making a decision like, you know what, for the sake of my safety and for the sake of my sanity, I am willing for every single person in this town to think that I am the world's greatest bitch 
if it means I can get away from this guy, if it means that I can feel safe and not feel like I can't breathe every day from anxiety. And so I kind of had to cross that threshold of being willing to give up what, like I'm, I was a people pleaser. I wanted people to like me. I really liked the people who this person had told me would think that I was horrible. So I had to be willing to kind of give up being nice and kind of break things a little bit in order to keep myself safe, in order to make sure that I had done everything that was in my power, at least to keep myself safe, because we all know that there are there are situations where even that doesn't necessarily keep you safe. But I'm giving you this extreme example because I know that a lot of people feel this, even just like in family situations, they can see that a habit or a pattern that's occurring is not going to be helpful or sustainable down the track or a pattern with money or a pattern with at work. You know, they can see a pattern arising because certain people have a gift in being able to see those things before a lot of other people can. And that's what makes them really great at what they do. But the curse of that, I suppose, is often they have this doubt around calling it when they see it because not everyone else can see it. They don't want to be called crazy. And this example, this story from my life was the greatest metaphor of all of my greatest fears coming true. Like someone actually calling me a psychopath and telling me that everybody would really hate me. And because I loved him and I trusted him, I believed him, of course. So I was willing to believe that everybody would hate me and think that I was crazy. But I knew that my truth and my like my needs and my um, what I saw happening and how I really deeply felt in my intuition was more important than what other people actually thought of me. And it took me a while to get there. It wasn't like a five minute quick quick thinking decision. It took me a long time to get there. But this is why I want to bring up this topic today. The topic is controlled demolition, right? So rather than waiting until something gets really extreme or really bad until other people can see it and they're all freaking out. Like, how did this happen? The thing that I say to myself and I have ever since is I'm willing to deal with the fallout of following my truth. Now, sometimes that has meant that I have made loved ones very uncomfortable or unhappy with me. And this is not a case of like, well, screw you guys. It's all about me. I'm only thinking about me. This is my truth. I'm not talking about being like that, right? I'm talking about setting boundaries and more specifically setting a boundary when you can see something coming that makes you very uncomfortable and you know other people aren't going to get it, right? Because I know some people uh, take the message of, you know, following your truth and not worrying about other people. I've seen it being taken to the extreme where sometimes we can get so inconsiderate of others because we're so focused on following our truth that that's not really relatable, right? It's not a way to relate to people and be in community with other people as well. So, you know, it's not about bending over backwards all the time for others, but it's also not about just only thinking of ourselves. But I'm talking about this kind of midway experience where we're like, well, I can see this coming. It makes me feel really unsafe. I need to set a boundary and, uh, or it just makes me feel uncomfortable or unappreciated. Or I can see that in a year or five years time, if we keep this up, we're not going to hit our financial goals. Something, it could be something like that. So the distinction that I have for you is controlled demolition. And the affirmation that goes with it is I'm willing to deal with the fallout of following my truth. And that might mean that you make people uncomfortable. It might mean that someone calls you a bitch. It might mean that someone says that you are a little bit too brutal or a little bit too rough or a little bit too blunt. I get that one a lot. But, you know, I think the hardest time to do it is the first time. And in my experience, the more I do it, when I know, okay, 
I'm willing to be called a bitch for this. I'm willing to not let things fall apart before I say it. And I'm willing to be seen as a little bit crazy in order for me to make sure that this is said. For me, it's about like, sometimes it's even, I'll say something to a loved one or a dear friend that I know is one of the most uncomfortable things to hear. But if I don't say something to them, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And you know, not everyone is going to agree with that because I know that other people's life is not my responsibility. But if someone asks for my opinion and I don't actually tell them the truth, even if the truth will make me sound like a bitch, I'm willing to deal with the fallout of that to know that I've loved that person enough in that moment to give them my honesty. And sometimes that has meant literally people have gone, I just can't talk to you for a little bit of time. Like that's literally happened. And I'm okay with that because I have this greater sense of advocacy for not holding back when I can see something happening. The key though is to not be necessarily attached to someone needing to do something with it. The key is to know that this is actually more for you in knowing that you've asserted a boundary or you've said something that's going to mean you can still be in this circumstance or these people's lives, maybe, maybe not, and you can still feel safe or you can know that you said your piece or you can know that you haven't kind of held something inside of you that's going to ferment and fester inside of you because you know it's the truth, but you can't say it, right? There's nothing worse than that feeling of not being able to say what you really think. And so because of that experience that I had in my past, I just developed this, yeah, it feels like a sense of advocacy for others to make sure that you know that while in the short term, someone might be very uncomfortable with you expressing your truth or expressing what you see, it's always worth it. And if the fallout is someone doesn't want to talk to you for a little while, that doesn't mean that you're never going to talk to them again. But if the fallout is you have really expressed something that is actually a boundary for you and someone doesn't like that and they don't accept it, they have free will to exit, to not be in your sphere. And you have free will to exit and not be in their sphere either. So the idea of controlled demolition is when instead of it being a gigantic volcanic eruption that has built up over maybe even years, months, days, years, right? Rather than letting it be a gigantic eruption, (laughs) we do something called controlled demolition. And what we do is, first of all, we get our energy behind it. Like, okay, is it worthwhile doing if this person is really going to have a response or reaction to me that feels uncomfortable? Am I willing to deal with the fallout of my truth? Potentially. And if this thing is so uncomfortable for you, then yeah, I think it is worth it. I think it's worth it almost 100% of the time. I'll never say 100, I don't think. But more often than not, we convince ourselves it's not worth it when it actually is, is my point. And then it requires a conscious, calm, collected, considered conversation. <laughs> How do you like that for a little alliteration? And sometimes a whatever I just said conversation is not necessarily articulate. Sometimes it comes out wrong. Sometimes it comes out a little bit blubbery or blustery. And that's okay because the more you practice, the better you will get at it. It's a price of entry, right? You have to say something and not be heard in order to get to the point where you can say things and be understood. Yeah, it requires a conversation and you can speak to the layers of truth that you have as well. Like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. I realize I might come across as a little bit maybe paranoid or or I'm actually worried that that's what you're going to think about me when I say this, but this is what I'm seeing. And I would really appreciate it if you listened to me because 
I can see that this and this and this will happen if it continues in this way. What can we do about it, right? It doesn't have to be a big deal, but having that conversation upfront means that you don't have to go through volcanic eruptions every so often in order to get your point across or in order for things to end up happening the way that you could have seen that they were happening a long time ago. This is about being on the front foot with your life. And sometimes, sometimes that requires a little bit of controlled demolition, which means, you know, you go in there with a conscious heart and it may erupt slightly, but it's going to help possibly avoid a massive volcanic eruption later. And that's always the intention of controlled demolition. It's to go in and say your piece and speak the truth and have an uncomfortable conversation when it's not necessary so that you don't have to have a heated conversation when it is necessary. All right. Enjoy. Let me know what your biggest insight was. And thank you so much for listening. Ciao. Thank you so much for being here and listening in with me today. I'm really grateful to be gracing your ears. Of all the things you could be listening to right now, you're right here with me. So thank you. Now, I'd love to hear from you. What was your one insight of the day? How are you going to apply it? Why not tell me in a review? If you know someone who would love this, please do share it with them. It's the best kind of compliment. So you could take a screenshot, you could tag me on Instagram and be that super freak who shares what's working for you with your world. And if you want more, you might like to check out my website, hayleycar.tv. It's linked in the notes. It's there. You can find out about all the ways we can play even more together. And you can also get a free copy of my book and download a free copy of the Super Freak Self-Coaching Scorecard 2, which a lot of people are having a lot of fun with right now. Remember, everything you want is so much closer than you think. So stay curious, stay open and say yes. I'll see you soon.